Drunks and Dunks. Drunks and Dunks. Porzingis backdoor and the finish. Beautiful feed from Anthony. And Porzingis points to his teammate. Congrats, KB6. Thank you. Grant has it. They don't foul. Draws it ahead to Derek Williams. Williams slams it in. And the Knicks are going to win a game. Welcome to Drunks and Dunks. I'm Tyler. And I'm Georgia. We're a New York Knicks podcast. Under the influence. We are podcasting under some different circumstances today. The Knicks fired their coach, Derek Fisher. Bum, bum, bum. You don't have a sound bite for that? That's surprising. That's terrible. <laughs> I got that one. Uh, basically, they, they decided that he was a... An inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues. Ugh. And they just kicked him to the curb. All right, so, you know, there's no game to talk about, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be drinking. So Tyler actually found this amazing cocktail recipe that was so apropos, and it's called the Toasted Fisherman. Perfect, because he got toasted. He's toast. So basically, it's one part whiskey, one part sour mix, but we used uh, just fresh lemon juice, fresh lime, and a little bit of simple syrup to mix together and make the sour mix. Um, one part amaretto for toasted mm-hmm. and uh, top with uh, they say 7-Up we put soda water and finish with the cherry it's gonna be good alright let's uh, toast to the uh, new Nick's future let's toast San, cheers Sans Fisher toasted toasted fisherman cheers to changes changes God, this tastes like such a girly drink. It's a little girly. Well, it is amaretto in it, but... Oh, it's good, though. I like it. I actually like it. You like the uh, taste of change? I do. I love the taste of change okay. and progress, Bernie Sanders. So Tyler's been super cryptic, and I've been baiting him all day in terms of talking save about these the moves. And Todd, but Tyler was just like, save it for the podcast. I'm like, you So we dork. haven't even talked about this yet. Exactly. All right, so finally, what do you, what do you think about this move? Well, I was completely surprised. You know, didn't really see it coming. Seeing as how we only won 17 games last year, you'd have thought if, if it was going to be this much of a knee-jerk reaction or, or you know, whatever, that we would have canned him last year, you know. Um, and so it, it just seemed like we were sticking with him. How did you feel? Were you shocked? Actually, I wasn't. Like, you know... We have, you know, last year you couldn't have fired him. He inherited a pretty shit team with, like, they couldn't have done anything in terms of, you know, making it his own or giving him a chance. And that's what basically that roster was in terms of just, you know, here here you go, do what you can. And so this was the first year that, you know, the organization, the new organization, tried to put a team in place. And, you know, with the early season success, we can see that there is some viable, you know, chance that we can be a decent team. And I think that with this huge, uh, this, this loss and the, um, the stag, like, you know, how it's become stagnant and things haven't been able to change in terms of people have learned, you know, there is no evolution with it. They're like, all right, this is, this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this last stretch of games has been very disappointing. Since we last potted, we lost three games to the Grizz, the, the uh, Pistons, to the Grizz, and the Nuggets. And uh, they're all very, very frustrating losses where we we started off really slow, then we cut the deficit, and in a couple of games we took the lead, and then we just blow it in the fourth. 
whether it's because of iso ball or or just I mean bad coaching, not setting up plays. I don't know, but it's okay. You say you were surprised, but like now that the initial now like reaction's over, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean it's New York, so everybody's like, we're all already moving on to the next thing. Like, who, but no, are you are you sad that? about Fisher leaving? Or are you? No, I'm not sad about it at all. No, I mean it comes down to the fact that he's uh, he's he's a young coach and he's first and foremost a player. I mean, uh, and my understanding is that his role in the whole um, the strike and the players union things that he was. He like mismanaged that, so I don't even know if he's a, he could be a good coach, and he hasn't proven it with the Knicks. I mean, you know, there, there were never times where you felt like the game was well coached. There well, were a couple we, of isolated like, incidences. Yeah, it. exactly. Weren't that's we it. again touting him at one point, being like, "All right, he's finally found his rotations. He's finding his groove. He's doing these kind of things." But you know. I always found myself some during some games, like you know, being like, "What the fuck? Why is Lance Thomas out?" Or like, yeah. "Why is it taking a little longer for him to sub in certain sort of people?" And or why being is like, "Vujacic playing all the time?" Or no, but like you know, Vujacic did have some spark on the bench. I actually was kind of fun, even, but some everybody hates it. that. But there were some moments where you'd be like, you know, "Oh, Lance Thomas hits like three, two consistent threes, and then he gets benched." Yeah. You know, there were very some questionable kind of things, and also. You know, I, I'm a broken record because I've said this to two people already, including Tyler, is that, you know, fourth quarter ball, there is no court, uh, coaching whatsoever where it'd be a crucial play. They'd take a timeout. They'd come out of the timeout and it'd be a mellow or a flalo iso. And I'm just like, was that designed? And I think he went on the record like and someone like asked him that point blank was like, so like was all of that, you know, played or was that all like just ad libbed? And like Derek Fisher was just like, you know, just a little bit of both. And you're like, no, a coach would not let that kind of thing happen. It's like, especially during those very important minutes at the end where we could win the game. Exactly. I mean, I'm so sick of it. This bores me. I'm so sick of the ISO plays. Like they're just, it's so, it's so tried and just done. And why can't we coach a game? I mean, the, it, it's kind of sad that, 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 um, game-winning layup that Calderon had with the pick-and-roll with Rolo is a rare thing. When, you know, Calderon's a very capable guard, and that's something, that's a play we could run a lot. I mean, a lot of teams defend the pick-and-roll really well, but we don't run it. We don't even run it enough. I don't know. So, I, I don't know if I would I, like isolate that play, uh, play specifically, but, you know, it's just interesting how at the end, they're, like, you know, he can't, a coach can't, like, like, a, a Knicks coach hasn't been able to like at least pep talk them into something else right. other than just like, all right, guys, you know, let's try this. And we've been able to do it before. But it's, you know, this is raises an interesting question because I've had these gripes about Mello before in terms about him being an uncoachable in terms of he is a, a guy who's always been playing by his own rules. And he is, you know, I'm the superstar. I'm calling the shots, kind of like a LeBron style of player in terms of like, you know, no coaches coach him. It's him, and he, you know, dictates a lot of what's happening on the floor in terms of his team. But, you know, in terms of this new mellow and this new um, mature mellow, this mellow dad that we've been talking about, do you think, you know, they will be able to take on more of a coach's coach and he'll be, you know, better for it? Absolutely. I think, he, I think he's very coachable. I think he had a lot to do with 
Fisher getting fired. I don't know. No, it wasn't. All the reports say that, you know, this was purely Phil Jackson's move and Mello is on board with it. But He's he on did, board. But no, but there was no, you know, anything about like, we need to get rid of him. And I but think... I, I never got the sense that, for you know, that, that Mello respected Fisher. I mean, he didn't openly disrespect him in the way LeBron disrespected Spolstra in the beginning and the, the David really Black. Coach, yeah. But... He also Melo Melo's you know kind of non-confrontational that way you know. He's I don't just, think he, so. He was very confrontational with D'Antoni, and he was instrumental in. Oh, no, but he was younger. Leaving. He was younger. No, I don't think so. It's more so like D'Antoni, which is a I I th- this was an argument I've said to someone before. D'Antoni is a coach is a system coach, and he was coaching Melo into a system, and Melo doesn't play in systems like that, you yeah. know. And so that was you know exp- you, yeah young something young had to be said about it but at the same time like you know it didn't fit in Melo's style of play and it was very hard for him to you know play under a coach that was very strict about that that's true so okay yeah I mean I'm not maybe Melo didn't instigate it maybe it was Phil but um uh there's a lot going on behind the scenes there were some like tweets to the effect that there's some news that's going to come out some story that's going to come out that's going to make Fish look really bad like he dug his own grave or something but I don't know what that is yet it could already be out. I didn't check, but regardless, you know it's over, and uh, we're playing tomorrow night against the Wizards with Rambus as the coach, and he's going to be the interim coach for the rest of the year. Yeah, we're not replacing the, the coach until the summer at, at the earliest. But I actually think this is a good move. So, if if it's true about like Fish not giving people enough direction or not being it more structured. I actually think someone like Porzingis needs the structure. He needs to be in a coach. He needs someone telling him exactly what to do in order to become a better player right now. And I don't think Fish was doing that for him. He wasn't giving him enough pointers on how to, you know, what he could be doing to evolve his game or, you know, with these changes. Like, he wasn't challenging Porzingis to, you know, like, so the Warriors game was very, you know, distinct about that, where, uh, what's his name? Draymond Draymond Green Green was killing him and that kind of thing. Why not switch him on someone else to, like, you know, to to figure that out instead of just, like, keeping that matchup together and, like, or do you think that was good that he kept him on there so they can learn from this experience or? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much Fisher's involved with KP's development or is it is it Rambus that's more involved or I don't know to what extent any I don't I don't know anything about what's going on with Fisher and why he was fired but all I know is that KP he's so big he's so hot <laughs> whatever you just wanted to use that you just set yourself to use a sound bites. but you know uh, the the I guess the encouraging thing about the whole scenario is that that the Knicks aren't settling for status quo and when when you know Mello uh, twisted his an- or sprained his ankle on the ref that was when the season shouldn't have been and we've lost most of our games since then and uh, we can't close out the fourth quarter it just looks like we're gassed all the time you know it's not just a follow it's not just this guy or that guy everybody looks tired we can't play a solid 48 minutes and and it's, you know, maybe KP hit the rookie wall, this and that, but it's, it's the whole team. It's just everybody's gas. But do you think so we're something using, is wrong, right? Do you think we're using Fisher as a scapegoat, though? I think someone was reporting on that, too, in terms of, like, you know, I think, you know, this is their second year. This is the first time this new organi- this new um, 
organization like Phil Jackson is, you know, putting something out there and, you know, again, referencing the successes of the earlier season, you know, and now this slump, you know, it's almost like, you know, New York is like, okay, what the fuck? I thought good times are rolling again and now things are fucking up and this is like the immediate like placating of the fans right now being I don't, like I don't know that it is. I think I don't think there was enough of a unanimous outcry that was anti Fisher. There were some people who were like fire but not, Fisher, you know. But, but not but, like against Fisher, but something to be done. Like I know me and you have been like why aren't we going to do something before the trade line deadline? Why aren't we going to be well, doing maybe this? Maybe we are. Maybe no, but we now are. we are. So, you know, Phil Jackson went on the record of saying, all right, we, you know, like this Fisher thing happened. This is the first big move. There are going to be some other moves before the trade deadline. Exactly. And so but no, no, part but, of it is getting rid of Fisher. And I don't know why that is. Um, but there may be a certain player they're looking for. And they may have something in mind where they think Fisher's not going to be the right guy. So... They have a bigger plan. They have a scheme. No, the and only I'm like, thing that let's do it. Did you? I don't know. I think I read too much about this today because I was intrigued by it. But you know, Phil Jackson also said that uh, the only like partial of the reason why like he wishes he was a better mentor to Fisher. He wasn't being a good coach. Him. He could have maybe done that more of that uh, more of that for him. But at the same time, he wasn't utilizing his as assistant coaches the way he wanted him to. Yeah, Specifically, Rambis and who, like that other guy. The, the, other, the guy who, who Rebecca Harlow has a, is into. She's like falling for. No, not the young guy. Like, uh, <laughs> Oh, the black guy? Yeah, the black the, guy. What's the his big... name? The, the bald head black guy? Shit, I, I, it's I horrible. And when I see his name, I'll, I'll know what it is. Yeah, that guy. But, you know, and so that's what I'm interested in now, too, in terms of it. Especially since, I don't know. Rambus is is a Phil Jackson guy, even though his record has been, you know, really shitty. Like, what was he, head coach of the Timberwolves, and he had a really horrible record. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, there was, I read about that, too, and for the most part, they said he was just a bad coach all around for the T-Wolves, but also that he butted heads with the general manager. So um, that kind of leads me into, you know, my favorite potential coach that we can get in the offseason is Tom Thibodeau. And he's got a bad reputation. Same thing, you know. But no, not not for having a bad record. I mean, his his record under the Bulls was phenomenal, and he de- helped develop Derrick Rose, you know, into being an All Star up until he obviously got injured. But uh, that's a case where he butted heads with uh, uh, John Paxson. And my understanding is that Paxson was not allowing certain players to get uh, to practice. And that, therefore, limited them to an eight-man rotation. So everybody's blaming Thibodeau for being like a minutes Nazi, where he's forcing Butler to play 50 minutes, and Joakim has got busted knees, and he's playing 40 minutes, and like everybody's like, well, Thibodeau's crazy, and he plays his players too hard. Well, you know, now Jimmy this year, under their new coach, Hoiberg, he's like, I miss, I miss playing hard. He's like, I miss playing hard under Tibbs, you know? And, uh, I mean, that sounds like he was a well-loved coach and that he got, he got, uh, kind of framed by the media. And, you know, it's just kind of the bureaucracy of, of an NBA team and, and how the general manager and, and the president and these guys making all the decisions behind the scenes, but they, they don't get held accountable as the coach. But see, I don't know. Like, you know, if he's already had coach with, uh, uh, Th- uh Thibodeau has already had beef with, you know, the administration like you know the administration is phil jackson and phil jackson is known to get 
Phil Jackson guys, you know, and right. so hence the talk it's about Luke Walton, the talk guy. about that, uh, I forgot that other guy, like Brian Shaw, like, and Fuck those are no. both, you know, Please. Lakers kind of guys, and and that's what he's kind of looking for. He needs someone to, you know, that's why Fisher was like, you know, a hand-picked choice too, because of, you know. Yeah, but that's like, you know, I don't, Mark Jackson was available, but he didn't pick Mark Jackson. I guess Mark Jackson's not one of his guys, but... I mean, but it's like, it's like not necessarily the guys, but also the the people who believe in the or who see the validity of the triangle. And I think he meant, uh, you know, that kind of style of play. And Thibodeau didn't play that, you know. And so if Thibodeau can't, you know, and you're not gonna change up that entire idea idealism that you know Papa Papa Jackson wants to do. So well, I don't know if that makes him a a candidate. Yeah, I, he might not be just for that simple reason, but um, he's he's a great coach and he has a great record. And I don't know, he's, he's but great at defense. Do you see it fit, like fitting the system? Like I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe he he's amenable to to work in the system. He he was assistant coach under Doc when they won with yeah, the Celtics. I know. I mean, you know, it's not like he can't work in different systems and. Uh, you know, it's all about what he's willing to do, and I'm sure that they're going to meet with. They're going to probably meet with a bunch of coaches, but not anytime soon. You know, I just hope it's not Brian Shaw and you know Luke Walton would be interesting, I guess. No, you're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some chaos ball here in New York. I'm like, no, <laughs> fucking the reasons why the Warriors work is because they've got like the best two best shooters in the NBA and. Two people like freaking Draymond and Iguodala and everyone who switch everything up. So like, that's just like a time and place kind of game, and I don't like that style. And I don't think that can ever be replicated unless you've got the right people. It's kind of like the Suns with uh, Steve Nash. Like those teams will never be replicated unless you have these kind of amazing people who happen to be all on the same team. So. What is Luke Walton learning? He's learning how to play with the right situation at the right time. Is he a coach? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. He's not a proven coach. Um, you know, it, but I don't know. The whole thing is interesting because, you know, why would he even leave the Warriors? I mean, he, uh, he got those wins the first half of this season. This is going to be a record-breaking season. Why would he leave that team anyway? So I don't yeah. know why they're even throwing his name around. Because he's a Phil Jackson guy. Yeah, but he, no, he's a Steve Kerr guy. Steve well, Kerr is establishing a legacy over there. Well, that's I, I cool. would never leave Steve Kerr. Look how good he is. Like, I don't it's know. Unbelievable. Even like the disciples of people leave in order to branch out by themselves. Like you know, like well, Popovich disciples, and like you know, yeah. even Pop, Pop, like that. Popovich disciples is one thing. I mean, Phil Jackson is from another era. Popovich is still coaching. No. You know, so when Budenholzer starts getting all these wins and everybody's surprised that Atlanta's doing so well and you, you the Spurs are still killing it then you're like yeah that's that's you know happening right right now but Phil Jackson was kind of not you know he hasn't been coaching in a while and now he's in New York trying this thing out and nobody knows if it's working it's gonna work we don't know if it's gonna work but we got we got KP and Melo is, is bought in and he's gonna be he's, Got a no trade clause, and no matter how much people talk about it, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, Melo and KP are the only touchables, and 
Let's see what we can do with everyone else on this. And roster. they're gonna make some trades, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I've seen what we've seen. Are you what ready? This... Are you ready to let go of some people? I'm ready. To, well, I, I'm gonna be sad about a lot of people leaving, and but and, and it's gonna be the guys you, that you like because those are the guys who are have, who have trade value because they've been playing well. But at the same time, the core is is Rolo, Mello, and KP. I mean, I hope Rolo is part of it because. He's so solid, and I feel like he can play with a lot of guys. I also hope Galloway is part of it. Well, of course, I hope Lance is part of it. No, but, I like. You know. I'm ready to drop Lance. I'm Lan- ready. Okay. Well, I'm ready to not drop him. I'm ready to trade him. I would love yeah. to keep him. I'm ready to trade him. Yeah, ready Ga- to trade. Galloway. I'm ready to trade Jarian. I'm ready to trade Jarian for sure. I'm ready to trade everyone. Exactly. Yeah, and even if the right, will. even with no trade clause or not, like if the right trade was on the table, I'd be ready to trade Mello. Oh well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, KP is he is the root of the tree that is growing in the garden. Did I just say that? Yes, you did. Dios mío, ma. Okay. I don't know. So, um, overall, optimistic. Very. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wasn't expecting it. You know, um, and it just means that they're not they're. They're not accepting shit. They're not accepting bad, disappointing losses and things like that. And uh, that's good. It's good. And you know, um, you know, I was blaming the players because uh, I guess I'm just used to to Fisher. I'm I'm used to bad coaches. Like when have we had? Was the last time we had a good coach? You know, Woodson. Jeff Van Gundy. There you go. There you go. That was a long time ago. Did was Thibodeau? No, no. Isaiah no. Thomas. What about him? <laughs> I'm just saying the coaches that the Knicks have had. I know, I know, and that's what I'm saying. It's been a, a series of bad... I mean, Dan Tony is a good coach. No, he is not. He was, he's a not, system coach, and he, why do a system when the players aren't there to do the system? I actually was not a fan stupid. of Dan Tony. Yeah. I actually was to, really happy to see him gone. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Why, you know, play with cards that aren't going to that aren't even in the deck so yeah yeah one so trick we're pony gonna, we're gonna see we're gonna see what it, what happens well we'll um, see so you know historically after this coaching change so like once d'antoni left and woodson you know took over the job like we we we, we had a little momentum there because exactly. players feel a little like you know we have to do something about this so maybe yeah. against the game what are, who are we playing tomorrow uh, Wizards. So maybe against the Wizards, we can finally snap this losing streak and see if we can, you know, get back on the upswing. But it's going to be tough, and yeah. who knows? Um, I'm not feeling very optimistic about the next season overall. Like, I'm who knows either. if we'll even make the playoffs? But I'm just, you know, at least we're, we're, you know, Phil Jackson, placating or not, he's. He's making some moves, and let's see if it's for the better. Because of you know, it took a while to make big moves before. Now we're just making them. So let's see. Yeah, this is what Phil said to to Fish. I drink your milkshake. I don't get any of this. All right, all right. So that's it. Well, that's it. I mean, we're gonna be gone until the 29th. Well, who knows? If we do something crazy tomorrow, maybe we'll pod tomorrow. Yeah, but it's a late game. I got a bedtime. I don't know. We'll see. What if like KP like scores like 50 points or something? Oh, don't tempt me. We'll do another interlude where we drink another bottle of Riga. But you know, 
again, we're going to be gone, and maybe we'll do a little satellite one on our phone, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, so, I, all, all I have to say is... Go New York! Go New York! Go! Go New York! Go New York! Go! All right, I, I will initiate the end. This is uh, Drunks and Dunks. I'm uh, Georgia. And I'm Tyler. And this has been a New York Knicks podcast. Under the Influence. See you guys.